generally people in the uh, judicial system try not to interfere with the election. And so it, in a way, everyone is hoping to get these trials done in the next few months, because the closer you get to the election, the more uncomfortable it becomes. Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Thursday, February 22nd. Today, I'm joined by Eric Gardner to help make sense of all of Donald Trump's legal troubles. There are headlines, judicial rulings, payments, angry lawyers, and appeals flying around left and right. And if you're like me, it can be a little confusing to keep track of it all. Luckily, Eric is here to sort through all the courtroom dramas, including whether Trump's bank account can actually survive these fights. We'll discuss all that and much, much more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. Are you tired of sleeping hotter than hell? I sure am. I sleep hot. There's something crucial about sleep that eludes us when we're too warm, too uncomfortable, and too caught in the web of our own thoughts to drift off. And while curiosity fuels our days, science tells us that cool sleep recharges our nights. That's where Chili Pad by Sleep Me comes in. Meet the bed cooling system that elevates the quality of human life through cool sleep. The Chili Pad bed cooling system is your new bedtime solution. I love it. It lets you customize your sleeping environment to your optimal temperature, ensuring you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Chili Pad works with your existing mattress. It's a water-based mattress topper that continuously controls your bed temperature from 55 to 115 degrees, allowing your body to rest and recover. This isn't just about escaping the heat, it's also about optimizing your sleep for better health, more energy, and improved physical and cognitive performance, which I obviously need hosting a podcast. Chili pads are designed for one or two sleepers, so if your sleep partner likes to sleep at a different temperature, or you only need it for one side of the bed, that's okay too, and we know that's crucial. Plus, you can schedule automated temperature changes to trigger deep sleep. But when I'm at home, Chili Pad solves those problems. So trust me on this one. Visit sleep.me slash powers to get your chili pad and save up to $315 with code powers. This offer is available exclusively for Powers That Be listeners and only for a limited time. Order it today with free shipping and try it out for 30 days. You can return it for free if you don't like it with their sleep trial. Visit www.sleep.com dot me slash powers because you're not just investing in better sleep you're creating a better life happy thursday everybody welcome to the powers that be i'm joined today by eric gardner who's going to help us weed through the overgrown lawn of trump's legal challenges eric thanks for joining me buddy i i you know i spent last week watching the Fonnie willis depositions in Georgia. Also last week, uh, a judge in New York in Trump's civil fraud case ordered him to pay $355 million. The Supreme Court is considering whether to grant a stay in one of Trump's federal cases or whether to let that case proceed. He had to pay a bunch of money for defaming Eugene Carroll. It's starting to be a little difficult to keep track. I know I sound like a broken record when I say that. Everyone sort of says that in the media these days. But I do think that, you know, if you're a regular voter, it's hard to keep track of this stuff. So 
I'm just going to throw a bunch of questions at you that I think, sure. you know, might uh, be water cooler conversation out there. If you are working in an office and not working from home, I don't know if water cooler conversation still applies these days. Here's, here's my first big question. Trump is ordered to pay $355 million in the silver fraud case by a New York judge. Again, on top of the money he's been ordered to pay for defaming Eugene Carroll. Does he have that money? Can he pay that money? I know they're appealing these things, but the one thing everyone knows about Trump's finances is they are either overstated or at the very least, they're not liquid because he's tied up in so much real estate. So is this going to bankrupt him? So I, I doubt it will bankrupt him, but there is a real question about whether he has the liquidity on this, whether whether or not he has to sell uh, one of his big assets to come up with the money. A fine point about this, but this is something that, that I see a lot of journalists are getting wrong. He doesn't need to put up the money to go on an appeal. What he needs to do is to put up the money to stop the collection efforts. So you know whether you're Eugene Carroll or whether you're the state of New York, after 30 days after the judgment, they can start putting liens on his assets and say, we're, we're owed this money. And so what, what Trump will do is we'll go to the court and try to stop those collection efforts from happening, pending mm. the appeal. And then the judge will make a decision there and maybe there'll be some appeals over just that aspect of it. But what we're really looking at is a time countdown that's now happening. And then there will be furious amounts of briefings back and forth about whether or not uh, Trump has to put up money to, you know, go on the appeal and to stop the collection, that sort of thing. The Supreme Court was reviewing two Trump related cases as of this week. Uh, we should say we're taping this before Maybe they will have come down on a ruling in at least one of these uh, appeals to the court. On Tuesday, though, they declined to revisit sanctions levied against two pro-Trump attorneys who filed lawsuits challenging the outcome of the 2020 election in Michigan. <laughs> I'm quoting CNN there just to sort of reiterate the fact that jargon just feels very confusing. What, what did they decide on Tuesday? And then what are they considering in terms of the other case, the Jack Smith case, moving forward against Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, the, the Supreme Court had a bunch of orders. Basically, most of the orders were, you know, just things that they didn't want to take up. You know, people had, petitioning the Supreme Court, you know, hear my case, decide my case. And the Supreme Court gets like, you know, like basically dozens of these each week. And uh, every week it, it like puts out a list of things it's denying. And you know, a couple of, uh, of attorneys caught up in the election subversion cases tried to appeal their uh, sanctions awards, and the, and the you know the Supreme Court wasn't interested in that. Uh, Jack Smith and, and and Donald Trump are on kind of a separate track here. That issue is about you know whether or not Trump has immunity from the D.C. subversion case, one of the federal cases uh, that mm -hmm. could go to to trial this year. About a you know a couple of weeks ago, the uh, D.C. appeal court uh, rejected Trump's bid for immunity. And, you know, what the usual course is, is that Trump would go to a fuller panel be be before th that D.C. appeals court. But everyone knows that this is really a, a game over timing. 
and and speed and all that. So the judges at the D.C. Circuit kind of told Trump that if you don't make us a a petition to the Supreme Court within a week, we're going to send it back to the trial court and, and the stay will be lifted. And then and then, you know, you'll be on track for for going to trial uh, in next month. So Trump's hand was kind of forced here. And and so he made basically two petitions, uh, although it's it's couches one but but really it's like number one stop the case from going forward so and and then let us go back to the dc circuit and normal procedure slow procedure it'll take months and every everything but you know what you know it's it's an important case and we shouldn't rush it so that's the number one number two they said if you're not going to do that at least you know hear our case uh, and so, uh, so the Supreme Court's kind of going to decide all this. My sense is that they just want to stay out of the whole thing. It's possible mm-hmm. that they could just summarily uh, reject everything except the D.C. Uh, Circuit's opinion, and it goes back to the trial judge. But we have no idea when that's going to happen. So all of this is in keeping with Trump's strategy to just delay all of these cases. And he's you know, filed any number of appeals or lawsuits or stays or actions and in a variety of cases trying to just push this stuff either closer to the election or after the election after the election (laughs) he might be president can part himself at least in the federal cases are there any like judges or prosecutors in these cases who don't want this stuff to happen close to an election who might be sympathetic to that idea or do they not care because the law is the law, whether there's an election coming up next week or not. I mean, generally, people in the uh, judicial system try not to interfere with the election. And so it, in a way, everyone is hoping to get these trials done in the next few months, because the closer you get to the election, the more uncomfortable it becomes. And the problematic nature of it becomes, you know, you're dealing with people's schedules when they should be uh, campaigning in it and everything. So I think that everyone, judges and, and, and prosecutors and the like, would love to get this done before June and not have it go any any further after that. After that, who knows? I mean, you know, some judges might not care that there's an election going on, uh, that, you know, they, they see the rule of, of law as being like kind of paramount to everything. Other judges might be a little uncomfortable and would kind of, you know, punt everything towards after the election. And it's it's interesting to me because everyone always thinks about the you know delay games that that Trump is playing and and the fact that he's making appeals to kind of slow down uh, this whole process. But if you look at you know that case in Florida for for instance, I had one lawyer Ted Boutros tell me a few days ago, you know he he could see Jack Smith making an appeal up to the to the Eleventh Circuit and basically ordering the judge there to have a trial sooner. So it could work both ways. And, you know, I I heard you, you know, recount all the interesting things that happened in Trump legal world last week. You didn't even mention like one of the biggest things, which was that the that the judge in the New York case said that they were indeed going forward with the trial next month. The one over the Stormy Daniels uh, hush Mm -hmm. money payment. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a whirlwind of of activity and it's just going to get even more crazier, you know, in the weeks ahead. Yeah, that trial is supposed to start on March 25th, and Trump is supposed to be there uh, for six weeks, you know, theoretically, after Super Tuesday, when he's the Republican nominee, and he'll be in a courtroom, you know, and even if that case is regarded as one of the weaker of the big four criminal trials, it's still going to remind voters that he 
probably paid hush money to a porn star to keep an affair silent. Um, I want to take a quick break, Eric, and when we come back, I want to ask you more civilian non-lawyer questions helping us make sense of all of Trump's legal troubles. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome back to the Powers of Be, everybody. Eric, I mentioned the case thought in conventional wisdom to be one of the weaker uh, criminal cases, which is the hush money concealing business payments trial in New York. That's the one brought by Alvin Bragg. Uh, the two strongest cases, at least uh, before the last few weeks, were uh, the classified documents case uh, in which Trump kept hundreds of top secret documents at Mar-a-Lago in very insecure places, including nuclear secrets and obstructed justice, uh, at least in Jack Smith's telling, by refusing to give them back to the National Archives. The other one that was thought to be really strong was the Georgia racketeering case, also election interference. But one reason this was thought to be strong was that because it's a state court, uh, it's happening in Fulton County, Trump couldn't pardon himself (laughs) if found guilty. This case has really taken on an interesting cast in recent weeks because one of the co-defendants in that trial has accused Fonnie Willis, uh, the prosecutor uh, of malfeasance basically by having a relationship with someone working on the case and both of them (laughs) taking trips uh, based off of money that he was paid uh, in the carrying out of this case. And so she was basically not put on trial, but she, you know, had an evidentiary hearing last week with the judge who was basically deciding whether to take her off the case. Again, by the time you're hearing this podcast, maybe she has been, maybe she hasn't, maybe he's made a ruling. How much do you think those hearings and the accusations against Fannie Willis have sullied this case, either legally on the merits or probably more potently in public opinion? Yeah, I think this is more of a public opinion thing than a legal one. I mean, the whole theory is basically that she appointed, uh, you know, a special prosecutor who she was having a romantic relationship with, and he was paid for for his appointment on the case. And so when he took her on fancy trips, basically, it it, it was financial self-dealing here, that basically she's profiting from pursuing these cases. And I don't know, it, it sounds to me kind of like weird and, you know, <laughs> but it's credible enough that, that the judge uh, held a hearing on it. And, you know, there are like issues about like, when did this relationship start? You know, and we heard conflicting testimony about that. Uh, and it was a lot more gripping than I thought it would be. I mean, I, I kind of tuned in thinking that this was going to be a snore. Uh, Fonnie Willis was not supposed to get on the witness stand at all. Uh, uh, her, her office like threw up an object- objection to it. 
it. And then basically she surprised everyone by popping up in the courtroom and saying, no, I'll testify. And she did. And, and she was very colorful. Uh, you know, the, the parties had trouble just trying to keep her like answering the questions as, as they were. You know, she was going into all these things about like her father's financial philosophy and, and her philosophy on men and everything like that. And it turned into, you know, some big reality TV show. And uh, it was very interesting. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I don't think it's going to cause uh, that much of a legal ruckus. We'll see. But, uh, you know, I mean, conflicts, in the judicial system definitely that takes seriously. Um, but I think this is going to be just like one of those asterisks um, that, you know, people look back on and say, you know, that that's weird and, and all that. And maybe, you know, it becomes grist for, for Trump and everything to, you know, uh, to attack mm -hmm. those who are attacking him. But otherwise, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure it's really that that big. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously, and, and this again, the complaint wasn't filed by Trump, but one of the co-defendants in the case in Georgia. But it it plays right into the Trump strategy of claiming that uh, his political rivals are targeting him unfairly and they're duplicitous. It's called whataboutism, and Donald Trump loves it. The last thing on that classified documents case, when is that supposed to start? It's who knows. <laughs> there isn't really a trial date set right now. The one of the, one of the things that did happen last week, kind of under the radar, given everything else that that was happening, was that Trump did request like you know some extra time, uh, wanted to push deadlines back, and Judge Cannon kind of surprised everyone by rejecting Trump. Like one of the few times she she's actually rejected Trump in the in this case. So you know theoretically, I'd say it's on on track for a May or June trial. Uh, realistically, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I still am very doubtful that, that this one's going to make it to trial before, before the election, but we'll see. Eric, thanks for helping me through that, buddy. Have a good week. My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. Follow us on Twitter at Puck News. I'm Ben Landy. See you tomorrow. This has been a presentation of Odyssey. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The Powers That Be Daily is executive produced by John Kelly, co-founder of Puck, Bob Tabador, and Ben Landy, executive editor at Puck. Puck.